0: Welcome to Genesee Valley Church, where we are loving God, loving people, and loving life. This is the year 2022, and this is the year that you are going to bring change into your life. We are praying and believing that this year helps you develop a heart of God for yourself, for your home, and for your family. We know that you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Let us help you answer your call and make this your year. This is a year that I pursue God passionately. This is the year that my marriage gets on fire. This is the year that my home finds harmony. This is the year that I experience financial stability. This is the year that I fulfill the plan of God for my life. Maybe this is the year that I'm gonna answer the call.
1: They're not advancing. Kingdom people should always be advancing. You should be always looking. I am blessed, I am highly favored, and I'm looking for the next. I'm looking for the next thing because I ain't done yet. As long as I have in me, there's more. There is more. And you have to believe and expect for it. The Bible says, You have not because you ask not, or you ask and miss. You might be asking too small, you might be expecting too little. Think big, ask big, because God has big things in the store for you, big, huge things. Negative thinking will also keep you from affecting and changing somebody's life. If you got saved and you're still living, it ain't about you. You're here and God didn't capture you and take you up to heaven because there are lives you have yet to touch. But people, Christians, a lot of times, we can be very negative And we could think, they're not going to listen to me. God's telling you on your shoulder, go talk to so-and-so about me. And you're like, but they're not going to listen. They haven't listened the last however many times. They're not going to listen to me. So you don't take that step. And that person might have been looking to hear a word, and you were the one to give it to them. You have to be expectant that God's going to use you. If you say, I'm nothing, I'm a nobody, you don't know what I've done, you're a child of God. God. You are a child of the Most High King. You are a son of the one who made the waves and formed the mountains. You're, the, the, you're a son of the one who spoke and the worlds came to existence. Why not you? Why not you making a difference in somebody else's life? Think of the heroes that inspired you. It's because they took a step, they were positive thinkers, they were optimistic in what their goal was. That's why we look up to them. The negative thinkers, they didn't do anything. So they're not remembered. They're not thought of as anything special. The Bible says in Proverbs, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As you think, as you go, as you, as you look at your future, that's what you're going to have. That's what you're going to see. A man named Henry Beecher, he was a medic in World War II. And he came up with the idea of using placebos when he ran out of pain medication. So he would give out placebos as medication to a lot of World War II people who were hurt or injured. And what he found was startling. He found that half of the people who took the placebo claimed they were relieved of their pain or their pain was completely erased. Completely erased because they took a placebo. They had faith and expectancy and optimism in that placebo, in that pill they were taking, so much so it had a positive impact in their physical body. Now, for people who are on the fence or um, don't believe in faith, don't believe in you can't argue with stats. Half of the people claimed they were healed, that the pain was gone or completely erased because of how they thought Of what they were taking. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you're expecting sickness, you'll get it. If you're expecting to be healed and no longer carry that on you, you'll get it. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. There's a story of a man who hitched a ride on a train. He was a hobo and, and hitched a ride and wanted to get from point A to point B, so he hopped on a train car. Refrigerator car because it was the only one that was open, and he slowly closed the door, but he wanted to keep it ajar, and it accidentally latched. And he tried to bundle up. He's like, "This is a refrigerator car," but when they stop, I know they'll open it. I'll be all right. The refrigerator box car latched, and he couldn't get it open. He started to bundle up. He started to feel himself shiver. He grabbed what he could and of his clothes and just huddled in a fetal position in the corner and try to warm up. He started to feel the extremities getting numb, his fingers and his toes. The next day, they found him dead in the box car. But what the man didn't know is the refrigerator box car was broke. The thermostat was broke. It never got below room temp. He died of hypothermia in a non-working refrigerator box car because he thought, I'm gonna freeze to death, and he did. Negativity will cost you everything. On the reverse aspect of that, optimism will open the door for everything. Optimism will cause you to step out for your next healing, will cause you to touch the lives of somebody close to you who hasn't been serving the Lord, who hasn't met Jesus. It will cause you to step out and say, I can change their life. I see them saved. I see them healed. I see them touched by Jesus. And I see God using me to do it. If you could see yourself as Jesus sees you, Jesus is very, very, very optimistic about you. A lot of times, to keep yourself from being negative and to be optimistic, you have to ask to see as He sees, to see through His eyes. When you see something through His eyes, it will completely change your perspective. How do you view your life? How do you view your marriage? your job, your kids. Sometimes you just need a vision checkup. You just need to see God and say, I need my eyes checked. What looks better, A or B? Keep getting it changed until you get A and B up aligned and then focus with his focus. See it different. Let that put the wind in your step. I had a... I had a um, I was youth pastoring at this at this church, and I was constantly butting heads with uh, with somebody I won't say, um, but uh, it was this one person in particular, and uh, he we were constantly butting heads, and he was he was a person up there. Um, he was still underneath me, but but he was up there, and I just God kept dealing with me, and I was in my I would come up to the church. I had keys to the church, and I would come in there and I would just spend time in prayer, and. I was praying for my class, and I was praying for the kids, and I was praying for, and he kept coming to my mind. And every single time he came to my mind, and maybe this person comes to your mind, whoever that person is in your life, it, it was a sore spot. The person irritated me. And as I'm praying, the Lord kept praying. I was trying to pray for everything but this person. I know, it's a very spiritual mindset, but I was praying for everybody but this person, and because and, I just didn't even want to think about this person. I didn't want to get angry. I didn't want to you know, affect my mood. And he kept bringing it to me, kept bringing it to me, kept bringing it to me. And so I, I started praying, and I said, God, change him. I can't, I can't deal with him no more. I can't. And my, my speech, my prayer started getting negative. I can't deal with him, Lord. I can't deal with him. He's troubled. He's flawed. He's, he's walking the fence. He's living a double life. He's all these different things. And the Holy Spirit stopped me and he said, stop, you're not seeing him how I see him. I said, okay, God, and I prayed something that's scary, and I challenge anybody who's dealing with negativity in in a general or with somebody in particular to do this. I said, God, I said, let me see him through your eyes. Within seconds, I started seeing how much God loved him how what God wanted to do in his life, how God wanted to use him, how God wanted to change his heart, I started seeing the potential in this individual. And I began getting, from getting angry to just in prayer weeping for this kid. Guy, young guy, he was in his 20s. And it completely changed how I viewed him from that point on. When you see something how God sees it, it's completely different, and he has no negativity in him. He has no negativity in him. He sees hope. He sees healing. He sees all positive. When he sees you, he smiles. Regardless of what you did this morning, yesterday, regardless, he sees you, he smiles. He is an optimistic God. When he saw darkness, he said, let there be light. He then you imagine? can you imagine if God was half as negative as we are? Oh, it's dark. That's well, it's called quits. Right? He said, let there be light. And there was light. When he saw a void, he said, let the earth form. Mountains move. When he knew, because there is no time in God, when he knew what he was going to have to go through, he still said, let there be. Let man be formed. And he said it was good. Understand, do not let your past or even your present determine what your future is. God doesn't. God doesn't. God didn't look at things negative when he called Abraham, who was husband to a barren woman, and he said, you're going to be the father of many nations. When Abraham even started it out and had Ishmael instead of Isaac, before Isaac, God still called him a man of faith. God called Gideon while he was hiding in a wine press from armies. He said, mighty man of valor, as he's cowering in a corner. He didn't look at his present circumstance. He didn't look at his present situation. He saw potential. He saw him as a mighty mighty warrior. You have to see things as he sees them. In 2 Kings 6, verse 15 Says, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my lord, what shall we do? I'll stop right there. You could keep it up. <laughs> that, if that isn't 90% of Americans with Almost every single little thing that comes across their path. Oh no, what will I do? Oh no, an unexpected bill. Oh no, the doctor said I got this. Oh no, Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Verse 16. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. That's a glasses-half-full mentality if I haven't heard one before. Those that are for us, are with us, are more than those who are with them. Verse 17, and Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see, so that he may see as you see. Open his eyes so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha, around the enemy. And to read further, the whole angel host that was around about him in, in, in fiery chariots struck the enemy with blindness. They didn't have to lift a finger. He wasn't seeing how God sees, so he had to ask for his eyes to be opened. Edwin Cole said something. Uh, uh, had a phenomenal quote. He said, expectancy is the atmosphere for miracles. Expectancy is the atmosphere for miracles. Or some other people have requoted it, expectancy is the breeding ground of miracles. It's the seed. If you're expectant, God can work with that. God wants expectancy. When you come into the house of God, are you expectant for him to speak to you? When you open up your Bible, are you expectant to get something? Or are you just punching a time clock? Oh, I'm going because it's a good thing to do, but I'm not expecting to hear nothing. Well, you won't. Whatever you anticipate, whatever you expect is what's going to happen. If you expect him to move, he'll move. If you expect him to do, he'll do. When, when preachers go over to other countries, the expectancy is so great. Pastors and preachers who lay hands for hours and see a couple of miracles say, I've heard many say, I just had to walk into the room and healings because the expectancy is so great. They're so expectant on God doing something. The kids did this song, and I know they, they remember it, but God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. And when the kids started singing that, they got so pumped up because there's something on the inside of you that wants to expect the best. And the devil wants to suppress that. He wants you to stay negative. He wants you, every single time you're expecting something, don't you find it odd that that's when you get the phone call, that that's when you get the report, that that's when, well, I just heard this message on healing, and I just saw the doctor, and guess what? He said, whatever. Get ready for God to show himself. He's wanting to show he is a healer. He's wanting to show he is a provider. You can't understand Jehovah Rapha. I'm the God who provides if you don't have a need of provision. Let him show himself strong. Be expectant. God, I came across this obstacle. What are you going to do? Because I know greater is he who's with me than he who is with them, as Elisha prayed. Be expectant. What do you want to see in your life? What do you want to see in your marriage? Be expectant. Be optimistic. Ask God. Dare God. Like Matt said, he said, God said with a tithe to dare him. Challenge me in this and see that I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out on a blessing you don't have room enough to contain. I challenge you, do the same with your life. Ask God to show you your life through his eyes and mean it from your heart and watch what he'll show you. Watch what he'll show you. Did you give up on your kids? Are they too far gone? Ask God to see your kids through his eyes. Ask God to show you. Ask God expectantly, who do you want me to speak to about you, Lord? I guarantee you, every single person in this room, there's somebody you're supposed to be talking to about him. Guaranteed. There used to be a song that said, each one reach one. If every single person here reached one person for Christ, we would turn this whole world around within a year. But people get talked out of it. The devil wants to talk you out of your promotion, your healing, and touching somebody for him. He wants to keep you negative. He wants to ruin your life. If he can't take your soul because you give your life to Christ, he is determined to To make you have a miserable life. Because then he hurts you and he hurts God. God wants to give you the blessed life. Like the series says, don't worry, be happy. He wants to give you the happy life. But you have to see things through his eyes. You have to ask him to show you sometimes the thing you're not seeing clearly. So many times in life, we go through natural, seeing a natural doctor, a natural, uh, natural optometrist, Natural financial advisor, but we never take a moment to ask God, show me this situation through Your eyes. There's a passage in Deuteronomy, and I won't go there, but God has no problem with doctors. If you know anything, Luke was Paul's physician; he had no problem with doctors. They all have their place. But then there's a passage in Deuteronomy where He gets very unhappy with a with a prophet of God who's dealing with sickness. And he goes to the doctor, and and God calls him out, and he says, why didn't you ask me? If you had asked me, I would have gladly have healed you, and you wouldn't have even had to go to the doctor. I'm summing it up, but that's pretty much what he says. I wish you would have come to me and asked. You have not because you asked not. He wasn't expectant on his God to do anything, so he didn't have it. I think when we get to heaven, we are going to... course here, well done, thou good and faithful servant, but then once we get to our mansion that he's prepared for us, we're going to see boxes of things that were ours that we never opened because we didn't ask. Goals that we would have met, but we never asked. We never pursued them. Healings we would have received, but we never asked. Lives we would have touched, but we never spoke up. My goal, if I'm going to live this life, is to be as optimistic as I possibly can to see things as he sees and to open up as many of my boxes that he has prepared for me so that when that day comes, there's as few as possible where he'll go, you could have, but you didn't. I want all that God has for me. I want everything God has for me. One of the things that stuck in my head over the years that I will never forget, and it's kind of embedded in me when I view life, when I view circumstances, is I complained I had no shoes until I met a man who had no feet. Be thankful, be thankful. You cannot stay negative and thankful at the same time. It's impossible. Start thanking God. If you read the book of Psalms with any length of time, you will see the man of God, David, was very vocal, good and bad. There were many times he, he was very honest with God. I, don't, I do not like it when somebody feels that they always have to talk positively to God. Now, I'm saying you talk respectfully to God, but if you're feeling down and you can't be honest with your best friend, he already knows you're down, voice it. Say, God, I'm down. God, I'm feeling negative. Change my perspective. Change my view. Change my circumstance. And he'll change it. And in the book of Psalms, many times David is venting. The armies against you, Lord. They're prospering and I'm not. But he always ends it. And you can hear his voice change as, to recount, as he recounts the blessings of God. He'll say, but you are my refuge. You are my strength. You are my strong tower. You have provided for me when I was weak. You took me out of the lion's den. You have been a rampart to me. You have been my refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. God, you are my refuge and strength. You are my shield. You are my protector. And you can hear his mood change as he starts to be thankful over what God has already done. All he had to do was get his focus right. There is an old hymn that says, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Look full on his glorious face and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. You cannot be negative and thankful at the same time. You start giving thanks, you start recounting what God has done and you will watch how your view changes, how God starts changing your focal point and he starts putting things into perspective. If you've ever if you've done, used a camera at all, and we have one back there, DSLR, you have a focus ring, and you could turn things in focus. And guess what? There is positive and negative in everybody's life. What are you focusing on? What are you looking at? Being thankful will cause you to put your focus in perspective and focus on what's good. And you will keep yourself from negating your next blessing, your next healing, your next ministry, the person you're going to minister to. It will cause you to bring things into perspective and focus on what's good. There's an old singer named Bing Crosby, and he sang the song. He had a song called Counting My Blessings. And the first verse says, When I'm worried and I can't sleep, I count my blessings instead of sheep, and I fall asleep counting my blessings. When my bankroll is getting small, I think of when I had none at all, and I fall asleep counting my blessings. Be positive. God has you on this earth to impact and change lives and to change your life. And how you view it makes all the difference on what you're going to see. I guarantee it. Don't hang around negative people. They are leeches. They are nature's leeches that will suck the life out of you. And I'll say this. Don't let the devil get the last word. The devil always will want to put his negative spin on anything God's doing. You tell, And, and somebody will come in your mind when I say this. You tell something positive about what God's doing. That is awesome, but... Or, but, and then put a little but on the end of it because that lets you know they're about to change course and give you a negative. Do that to the devil. When the devil says to you through somebody or himself in your ear, yeah, but you know you're not feeling so good. Yeah, but watch my God. Watch my God get glory in my healing as I step out for him. There was a minister I listened to. I was at a church, and they played this audio tape, and it was so cool to actually hear it. I wish I had it to play it for you guys. But he was preaching healing, and he had um, throat cancer. And his, his voice was getting continually scratchy, but he continued to preach on the healing power of God. And, of course, just like in any, any congregation, you had those that grabbed a hold of it and were believing it, And those that were listening to what they heard were starting to doubt and starting to question. But he did not fail. He started to continue. He continued to preach on the healing power of God. And the audio tape that they played for us in service, he's talking like this and he says, my Jesus heals. He's a healing Jesus. He will touch your life if you believe. And this was probably after months of him preaching this and his voice continually getting worse and worse. And this audio recording, he says, if you trust the healer, he will begin to heal your voice. Amen. And, you, and he started to break up on the audio recording as God, as he's saying and declaring what God will do, that same God was doing it for him while he was speaking. Jesus told one person, he had many ways of healing people, and he said to, he said to one person in particular, he prayed for him, And he said, now go and show yourself to the priest. And as you go, you will be healed. Nothing had changed right there in front of Jesus. So he had to go with an expectancy, I'm going to be healed. The whole time dealing with the illness as he's going. But as he went, he started to feel a little bit better, a little bit better. Started feeling that thing coming off of him because he was expectant and believing what Jesus himself had spoken to him. Be expectant for what Jesus Christ wants to do through you and in you. He is always happy. And if you want to have a happy life, be optimistic. Have an optimistic view like your Father. He has great things in store for you. And the best is yet to come. Can we stand? If you bow your heads with me, Heavenly Father, We thank you for what you've done in each one of our lives. Let us not be negative. Let us be positive. Let us be expectant with faith and how big and powerful you are. You are so big, so strong, and so mighty. There is nothing my God cannot do. To many people here and many are watching, they may be positive, they may be thankful for everything, but yet not optimistic, not expectant on how much more you have for them. You are a big God and you think big for every single person. Let them get a glimpse, let them get a view of what you see in them, the potential and how expectant you are in your kids. Father, touch every single one with your Holy Spirit. Minister to them, flow through them. And if they've been negative in the past, change their view, change their focus. Cause them to get a new perspective in life, a swing in their step to count their blessings and to be optimistic in their life and in their future. We thank you for all of this and you being an ever-present in our lives. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. amen. Have a very blessed and happy week. We'll see you next Sunday.
0: That's it. Is this the year where you're gonna see some change? Is this the year where you'll see restoration in your family? Or is this the year where you're gonna allow God to move in your life? We would love the opportunity to help you in that. If you would like more info or if you have any questions, we want to hear from you. You can contact us on our social media sites or directly through our website at gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, loving life.